Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. This platform is designed to share coaches, leaders, and influencers' journeys and experiences. Hope you're inspired by them so that you can serve others better and inspire them as well. Today's guest is Chris Dial. Coach Dial is the head coach of the men's program at Our Lady of the Lake University in San Antonio, Texas, who also recently had a signature win against the Division I program. We talked to him today about helping others find refuge in the game, how to refocus, to be ready and be needed, and to work through your ego. Hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. No, Chris, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, just, you know, making the time, taking the time to be on. I know you're busy getting ready for the season. Uh, you know, just getting things together. When you run a program, you got to be the CEO. And so I know there's so many things to do. And so here again, just thank you for contributing. Now, I want to start off like I do every podcast, Chris, in that. How were you introduced to the game of basketball coming out of the southeast side of San Antonio? <laughs> yeah, um, man, it, it it was so long ago and so early in my life that it's, you know, oftentimes reflecting. It's hard to pinpoint the moment, but I mean, I was playing in the CYO leagues, you know, with Holy Name and St. Margaret Mary's and St. Benedict's like at four, four years old, five years old. Yeah. Uh, my dad coached, you know, dad coached me and, and then it just, you know, it was just a, like, you know, just an integral part of my, my life from there on out. So, yeah. uh, you know, down on the Southeast side, if you had a hoop in front of your house or in the street in front of your house, you were, you were considered rich, you know, yeah, and so everybody sure. would come come play and come hoop at your spot and you know I was fortunate when I was five or six and me and my dad uh put one in I say we both did he did all the work obviously but uh man I wore out a thousand basketballs you know in that driveway <laughs> and the whole neighborhood was over and we were in such an interesting part of town man we had we had hoopers from Highlands and and uh Sam Houston you know I lived on I only lived a few miles from Sam Houston even though I went to East Central so we just had we had some great pickup you know back in the day and just spent a ton of time out there uh, playing basketball yeah yeah no man I you bring up those CYO days that's it that's where I remember you best man uh, back going back to those days because later on when I, I think I think at the time I don't know if it was uh, McCullum or where I saw you at and I was like man I know this guy from somewhere and, and I remember I was like, right. man, CYO when I when I played for St. Margaret Mary's, like, yeah, I, I remember all my opponents and their best players because <laughs> I, while we were waiting for games, I'd watch the opponent and just study him and figure out, okay, who do I gotta, you know, beat, stop, whatever. So yeah, right. So so in, uh, in, were, indirectly, we go way back. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, it's been fun catching up with you over the last you know five six years, just yeah, recognizing. Yeah how many how many different uh parks and gymnasiums and you know things that we were in probably at the same time and yeah. uh but yeah yeah if you were studying me back in that day you were looking at a 
uh, 35, 40 pound gangly, uncoordinated <laughs> white kid that, that found a way to make the ball go in. You know, yeah. that's about that was a scouting report on me. Yeah, so. yeah, nah, man, you can give yourself a little bit more credit than that, coach. Now, <laughs> I want I want to ask you, like you talk about about you know learning the game, coming to those uh, realizations about maybe about who you were in the game, but you know, as far as your experience, because even though you have some success and and you, you're good at the game. Uh, sometimes the, the the lens you're looking at the game through or your experience isn't always the greatest or sometimes it is. What was your experience as a player, Coach? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, I had an interesting one because I think, uh, you know, I played with some extremely talented, gifted guys. And I think for the most part of their kind of lifelong journey through basketball, they were, they were sitting more towards the top, you know, really looking looking down, looking more at what they had to lose, you know, with what their God given abilities were and, you know, just their, their, uh, natural, you know, uh, capabilities, you know, with the game. I, I didn't have all of that, you know? And so I got to experience this game pretty much <laughs> all the way across the spectrum from being, you know, I, there were times in my life where, you know, I was the worst player in the gym. And then there were times in my life when I was the best player in the gym, and I got to, uh, you know, I got to navigate my playing career and, and then, you know, even, even post, you know, when you kind of hang them up for good, you know, from a professional from a collegiate standpoint, you still play, you know? And so even at that, as, as I continued through my, my sort of, uh, life cycle, you know, I got to see it from a lot of different angles. So, yeah. you know, playing at a school like East Central back in the nineties, you know, people that listen to this that aren't familiar with, with this area's basketball, uh, that, that was just, you know, some of the most talented high school teams that the state's ever seen. And yeah. so I was, man, I was down in the end of that rotation and I wouldn't by no means was I the dude over there, but, yeah. uh, still had an opportunity to, walk on to an NCAA Division II program at the time, uh, Texas Lutheran down the road in Seguin, had a Hall of Fame coach, Jim Schuler, and he saw enough in me to kind of revitalize my confidence a little bit. And I got to, you know, I had the privilege, fortunate uh, privilege and opportunity to make make that team for a couple of years. Um but again, was not a dude. You know, I was a, I was the, I was a Patty Mills, and that's not even that's probably doing a disservice to Patty. You know, that you know, Patty, the Patty was critical. You know, for for the Spurs for so long and still is. So yeah. I was, but I was good at the towel waving and the chest bumping, and you know, I took a ton of charges and I made more threes than I missed, and you know, I just found a way to kind of be relevant. But that's yeah. really kind of that you know that experience and. And then being in some of those leagues back in the day, Mike, you know, we used to have a really good pro-am and I got, I got loose in that, uh, I think 98, 99, uh, 2000, somewhere around there yeah. played with some pro, like real, you know, professionals guys that played in the league and guys that played overseas. And I, I had a great showing and actually, you know, put myself at that spot in, in a position to maybe earn a pro contract, but yeah. being young and dumb and in love, I stuck around and <laughs> thought I was going to, you know, <laughs> tie it down and, and stay put. But all that said, man, I, I you know, I, I've been, a, I've been an integral piece to teams. You know, I've been, I've been the guy that gets the place drawn up, but I've also for the majority of at least the higher end of my career, I was a role, I was a role guy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talked, man. You said a mouthful there about a lot of different things. I want to kind of go back and talk about. <clears throat> you talk about the, our side of town 
and, and kind of the mixture of people there are that's what i that's what i value the most like i still live here on the southeast side like I, right I, I value the culture because it's its own culture it's different from anywhere else in san antonio it, it's it's, sure. a, it's a great melting pot where you have all different cultures there and uh so i, I love it and i always give it a shout out because uh, it means so much to me it's my own, it's our own little like uh it's its own hemisphere if you will and uh absolutely and so i love it but yeah you know the players you talk about or you refer to like stan bonowitz who's a legend uh you know chad right. jackson dante mathis chip coach moxley yep. or now you know yep. teacher moxley whatever whatever he teaches that <laughs> yeah, golf coach moxley yeah, yeah. oh yeah okay see <laughs> see what do i know and then not only that like you know who became a real good friend of mine later on was devin uh matt devin man yeah big big man yeah and uh so big even, dude, man. Yeah, even yeah. seven feet tall man i mean so you you know right. you, you talk about the history of east central and yeah i mean never mind coach bonowitz yeah let's 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 not even forget right. him you know those are the things that uh, <laughs> right. you come from that's like basketball royalty in texas and, and in san antonio in particular right. so that's why I, I kind of my next question leads to is that uh, who or what influenced you to go into coaching? Yeah, no, another great question. I, you know, after playing it at EC and like you said, man, it's just one of those things you don't you don't appreciate until you until you're done, you know, yeah. until you're out of there. And then even catching TLU, which TLU still a strong program. They've had, yeah. you know, the Division three level. They've they've you know they've won conference championships. They've done well. They've had really good players go through there. Coach Wacker is there now. Yeah. Um, but just being fortunate, man, I played for such uh, incredible staffs. You know. Uh, not just the head coaches that I played for, but their staffs. So I kind of, I probably had it in me, you know, the whole time. And, uh, but to be honest with you, man, I, I kind of did what a lot of guys did. It, you know, I was still playing. I jumped on helping, you know, some high school teams. And, you know, back in the day, the AAU circuit looked a lot different, you know, than yeah. it does now. And so I was, you know, I was working out with some teams and trying to, you know, provide whatever little nuggets I could as a current player. Uh, but I never really considered coaching um, until I was finishing up my last year of uh, undergrad, uh, like coaching as a profession. I, I knew I always wanted to stay around the game. I was going to play as long as I could. But yeah, the long and short of it, man, I actually, I was pre-law coming out of my undergrad. I was set to take the LSAT. I had a really nice letter of recommendation from a guy named Bud Kirkendall, who's now, he's a, a federal district judge. Um and at the time, he was the president of the prosecutors of Texas, which all that means is that this dude's word mattered, you know, and he yeah, yeah. he liked me well enough, and he was a big basketball fan. So, I, man, things were looking right, you know, for me to go out, uh, earn a law degree, practice law in Texas. I was interested in criminal law, you know. I wasn't even sure what side of it, you know, I wanted to be on. Um, but, man, during that time... I'm hooping over on the east side at uh, what used to be Alamo City Church. You know, now yeah. it's, you know, whatever. It's changed names a million times. Started out as a mall. Yeah. It's over there off, you know, uh, in between Eisenhower and Ritterman. 35, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm over there playing. It's like a midnight pickup game, you know, <laughs> with some guys. Uh, these kids I went to school with way back in the day, the Humbert brothers, and their dad, Chuck, was a associate pastor there. So he'd give us the key, man. We'd go up nice. there and run like late. I meet this guy, Steve Roberts, man. And Steve is one of my best friends to this day, but Steve was the point guard on that high school team that Shaquille played on at Cole. Wow. And uh, yeah, phenomenal athlete, incredible dude. 
basketball is his second sport. This guy played pro soccer. Like he's on FIFA 94 as a character, you know, like he was kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, this dude was coaching up at San Antonio Christian and in the private sector, cause he's a businessman, you know, he wasn't a full time teacher and coach. Yeah. And, uh, when we were able to, uh, connect that night in that open gym, he had told me, Hey, I just took this job over on the East side at St. Gerard. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for an assistant. And I was like, man, well, that's good. I'll let you know if I know anybody. He's like, no, no, you should do it. You know, so long mm-hmm. story short, man, I, I stepped in over at St. G's. I was still finishing my undergrad. And, uh, that's really how I jumped in. And that following year, the legendary coach, George Pastorchek, you know, who passed, you know, in the last five, six years ago, we lost coach, but that dude coached the team like everybody in the city, you know, at one point. And Steve only stayed one more year, man, and then handed me the keys to that thing. So I I get a head job by default at 20 years old. I'm finishing my undergrad and I'm like... Well, shoot, man. I mean, maybe I'm supposed to be doing this. <laughs> so I, I graduated and never went to law school. I went back, did my alternative certification and started teaching and coaching. Nice. Really nice, man. That's, yeah. You talk about Coach Pete, man. That is, that's another legend. I mean, he, he's legendary, <laughs> even, he's legendary even in the lunchroom, you know. Y'all heard stories mm. about all that. Like, he's just a legendary guy. I remember... That, that dude, man. Yeah. They don't make him like that anymore. You I, know re- what I'm saying? I remember him during football season on the sideline. And I, and I don't think I was ever intimidated by any one human being. But him, I saw him just roaming. I was like, oh, my God. This guy's for real. Heck, yeah. He had a presence about Heck, yeah. him. So, yeah. No. Oh, man. He, he made me nervous. I was... <laughs> I mean, you know... He'd call me and he, he's that coach that you always thought you were in trouble. You know, when he called, you know, hey, 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 Chris. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, what I do? He's like, no, great, great job today. Great job. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Okay. Wow. Yeah, no, he's a man, incredible. But like I said, man, it's a super, 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 super fortunate to have, you know, just been able to share spaces with some of these coaches, yeah. you know, and so that imp- that influence was heavy and it was there and you know, I felt like I was put in a situation where I could really learn how to do things the right way. You know? yeah. yeah, when you learn from uh, great coaches like that, it's not something that you automatically know what's actually going on. It's not till later on that you're like, right. wait, wait, hold up, man. Like uh, Something was imparted to me and I didn't even realize it. I thought I was just right. kind of walking through my day, living my life, yet here, here this person right. had so much influence on me, over me, however you want to put it. And then therefore, now you're operating under the same type of principles and mannerisms or whatever it is uh, that really makes you you still, but yet shows that, has that has their fingerprints all over it. So that's great to, to have learned under somebody like that, under that tutelage. Now, I want to ask you about your first experience as a coach because starting at 20, man, it sounds like, like myself. I've been coaching uh, high school since 2000, so I was about 20 when right. I started. And yep. so I understand kind of what you were going through now. Do you, do you recall like a memorable moment during that first experience as a coach? Well, I think, you know, taking over that program, you know, I was, again, talking about great coaches. Steve, Coach Roberts was an incredible guy, incredible players coach. This was a go-getter. I learned a lot about relationships, a lot about life. Like I said, he's still a very dear friend of mine. But when he left, man, I think it was that shift that we've all, you know, gone through or that we, we will all go through where you transition from being an assistant and being a piece being ahead 
and being a bigger piece. And trying to do that, as you know, at 20 years old, I mean, my funnel lobe wasn't even fully developed yet, man. I'm trying to figure this out. And I think, you know, I had like a moment, Mike, where it was probably like two, three weeks in and, uh, I'm sitting there coaching these guys that I'm only a couple of years older than and people that don't know St. Gerard was a private school, but it's still to this day, it's the cheapest private school in Texas. And for yeah, a lot of kids, yeah. especially in this area, it's a second chance school. It means you've already, you've already tried public and that didn't work out for yeah. one reason or another. And so you're there. And so I'm sitting there, we only got six dudes in the gym and I'm looking across the board and two of two of the six are leaving practice early because they got kids. Like oh, wow. they got kids at home you know and I'm and I kind of had that moment where I was like should I be the one telling these guys what to do like they're fathers you know what yeah, I, mean? yeah. I can't I can't even figure out you know myself but you know it was just kind of that moment where I, you know and every coach has it and you probably have it more than once but it's 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 where you find you kind of find your purpose you know and you're like man all right so yeah I'm supposed to get these dudes you know pressing correctly and rotating on defense and talking and communicating but really when those guys leave my gym I, what kind of fathers are they going to be? You know, yeah, what yeah, kind of literally. citizens yeah. are they going to be and how exactly? And so I, you know, I had to settle into that. It was a little bit of a freak out moment, but after that, man, we, we kind of rocked and rolled through the season managed. And then, you know, I've just been super fortunate since then to find myself in positions where a lot of other people would have been really happy, you know, to yeah. be in. Yeah. And then, and then the job after that is just like, don't screw it up, you know? <laughs> so it's, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, just, just kind of having that moment, man, where you're like, man, I've got a group of young men or young women, you know, depending on your, your, your uh, situation that absolutely look up to you. And it's not just about learning how to play. It's, it, you know, your influence in every, every component of their life. Yeah, no, you're, you know, man, I, I think a lot of people, you always have those, what are they, those Monday morning and Monday uh, morning uh, chair quarterbacks where they're just kind of just, yeah, second guessing right. everything, right? And so there's people that second, second guess you, but at the same time think, I could do that. If all I have to do is walk up and down Absolutely. the sideline and yell some plays or something, that's easy. Sure. But then, uh, sure. that's the, yeah, that is the easy part. It's the preparation and the teaching, yeah. that's the tough part. So, yeah, you're right. You could do that, yeah. but you would have had to have done all the groundwork and the preparation. And I think a lot of people don't take into consideration the coaching profession has a lot to do with things away from basketball, things off the court, things right. outside of the game. And I just think for anybody listening who's really trying to figure out their why or how, or you just have to understand uh, these stories like this are really why we get into the profession because it's never going to be about us because we don't get to score any buckets anymore. Uh, we don't. We don't get the glory. We don't get the glory to a degree. I mean, some of us do, but at the same time, it's like, what's that worth? Because you didn't do anything. You prepared them, but they had to go out there, blood, sweat, and tears, and so. Uh, leading them and guiding young people and players and, and and the like is such an honor. It really is. And so I, I'm glad you Absolutely. brought up that story because I, I had a story kind of like that one time too. I had a young man who had his his sophomore year had a kid. Is By the time he graduated, he had two. So yeah, it, it grew up to be, and I say grew up because now he's about 33 and I still know him. 
and went to the Air Force, became an HR rep. I mean, just a great, has a great life. And so, yeah, those times that you had with those young men had to be formative because not only were they trying to figure out their own lives like you were, they were trying to figure out the lives of their children, which is, which is just an immense weight to have. Now, if you weren't coaching, Chris, maybe law, what would you be doing? So another good question, because that rotates through. And then I think, you know, following this pandemic, I think people in general have really (laughs) reevaluated a lot of things that normally we don't have time to sit around and think about, you know? And so, you know, having, having been in a situation where it's like, man, I can't do, you know, my normal routine and my normal routine. So I think me, like so many others have just had time to, you know, think, reflect, reevaluate. And so, you, you saying this, um, you know, I've thought, I've thought, I've always thought about going back to law school. I think if I won the lottery, I would probably just do it for fun. Never with never having the intent of practicing just to, just to have the degree. Yeah. yeah. I was one of those weird ones that I hated school, you know, the majority of my life. And then somewhere in my undergrad, I was like, Oh man, I could do this. Like yeah. I could sit around and learn stuff like for a long time. So I, you know, I, here, yeah, I enjoyed the majority of my undergrad yeah. and I went and grabbed the master's degree and enjoyed that. So I could probably just grab, degrees you know and be happy but (laughs) financially i don't know if that's sustainable so honestly man funny enough i've been telling i've been telling some of my friends and colleagues even in the profession that um honestly right now if if uh if i wasn't coaching you know in these certain circumstances i i would probably mike and you'll you'll like everyone else that i've mentioned is two things i'm crazy i would i would probably start a landscaping company and i would probably you you'd see you'd see me out in in the in the country you know just south of town on a riding lawnmower uh with a big old sombrero like hat and (laughs) and listening to who knows what george Strait or something Uh, just george Strait, (laughs) just kind of doing my thing man i'm telling you i'd be out there cutting grass and, and trimming tree. I love being outdoors and I'm trying to think about sustainable careers post COVID, you know, cause you yeah. can't, what can you do? You know, these days it's tough to even, I mean, coaching right now is incredibly difficult. So, yeah. um, I'm like, shoot, man, maybe, you know, I can be socially distanced, uh, <laughs> you know, cutting lawns and being yeah. up in trees and trimming shrubs and putting in flower beds. So yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, yeah, no, that, that's made that may be what happens. <laughs> you know, when I was at, when I was in high school, every summer I worked with my uncle who had a landscaping business, and it was not as romantic as you just made it seem. Uh, first of all, second of all, although I, I hear you, I think to myself, it's pretty lucrative. You know, it's it really is like, especially out, out this way. And here in Texas, in general, people have so much land that they just yeah. leave. I mean, you that, could charge them. It, you could charge them through the nose just for for one day of work. Well, I I mean, I'd be like I live now. I'm, I'm kind of in the you know Southtown area, so I'm still yeah. you know four or five miles from where I grew up. But I've kind of whatever my dad said. I moved on up, you know, a little bit. <laughs> um, but I'm close. You know, I'm close enough. But man, these neighborhoods downtown, I'm, I'm watching these crews come in. They spend, you know, 20 minutes doing these like little city lots. And I, yeah. I don't even want to know what they're charging these people. Yeah, Cause I can come through just as the lonely retired basketball coach and say, Hey, whatever <laughs> they're doing it for chop $10 off. And I'll even, you know, send you a Christmas card. I think <laughs> I can pick up some business. You know? you know what we used to call it? We used to call it mo blow and go. 
You know, you mow the grass, blow right. right. the leaves away, blow, and then blow, go. get out, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. So that's, Heck you know, yeah. for anybody. I think, people, yeah. when I, I think when I've shut it, they're, they're, I think they're like, oh, Dow's going to be an entrepreneur. He's going to hire it. No, no, I'm talking about me doing it. <laughs> so I'll probably be out there. It'd be me and some beat up, rickety old truck, man. I'd be yeah. the one. But, yeah. That's awesome. But, uh, that's no, good. man, who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know. That's good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Now, your international experience, man. I mean, you've had plenty of it, like in Romania, uh, with the basketball embassy, FIBA. Uh, I just, you know, kind of want to ask you, given your international experience, what would you say are some of the most valuable experiences that you've had in that? Well, it. I mean, that it, it'd be hard to, you know, trim down, but I can just tell you in general, like especially for people. I heard the stat the other day. Everybody's talking you know, elections and shifts and climate changes and, uh, you know, societal climate changes and, and for that matter, real climate change and all these other things. Um, but I heard a statistic again the other day and I've heard this statistic before and it's always been, you know, within four or 5%, but that 13% of American citizens have a passport or, you know, folks born in the States have a passport. And, to me, I just, and we have an incredible country. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say that we don't. It's hard to leave a good, a good party, so to speak. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot going on here. But that said, man, um, I think people in general that travel are just some of the most fortunate people on the planet because you yeah. mentioned the lens earlier. You you just start to see the world through, you know, just an incredible lens, yeah. a, a diverse lens. Um, and it's, it just smacks you with a really meaningful, really significant perspective. I yeah. mean, you can't, you know, after I started traveling and, and through basketball of all things, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm getting to go around the planet and, and watch people bounce this ball. It's, it's insane. Uh, but just the people that I've met, you know, the places that I've been, the food that I've eaten, um, mm-hmm. the conversations that I've had, and it, man, it's, it's just humbling. Like it's crazy, crazy, crazy humbling. And that, that would be the most, I mean, it's pretty general, but that would be the most significant experience generally is just the travel, you know, yeah, getting to yeah. put myself outside. I love San Antonio. It's always going to be home. It's always going to be my favorite city. Um, that's my bias and I'll, I'll choose it. <laughs> right. But yeah, I've been to so many incredible places, man, and, and been able to do it through the game. So, you know, I just, uh, anybody that I talk to any young coach right now, that's like, coach, what can I do, you know, to improve, you know, myself, how can I grow? And I just tell them travel, yeah. you know, like, Oh, through bad. I'm like, do basketball or not, whatever. Like, yeah get yourself out there, see this world from a different angle, see it from a different perspective, a different vantage point, walk in somebody else's shoes. We always wow. talk about it, but do it. Like yeah. then come back with this perspective, man. And then coach the game, you know, like coach yeah. the game, you yeah. know, just having done some different stuff. And, uh, so that, that to me has been a, you know, really defining, uh, kind of attribute of what, uh, you know what? You know when people are like, well, what kind of coach is Coach Dial? Well, I mean, you probably get you run the gamut on those responses. But I think one <laughs> thing that would be clear is that you know we, I'm going to have some humility in what I'm doing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna always do as good a, a job as the next guy or gal at building that relationship. Fantastic. You know? Now I would I would I would kind of 
I guess, add to that question. So if you didn't live in good old San Antonio, where anywhere in the world would you kind of lay your head down and say, this is home? You would be willing to take your wife and your child and say, this will be home. Where else would that be? Uh, it's such a tough, uh, tough question. And I, I would, you know, if this, if this episode might get international, I'm going to make some people upset. You <laughs> I'll, know, tell, I'll tell you what, thing, man, we've got people listening all through Europe, man. So why well, be very, well, choose your yeah, words wisely. So <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, man, there's so many, there's so many incredible places that I would feel great about you know, laying my head, um, you know, and I lived in, I, you know, I lived in Europe for a couple of years and I was in Pristina, uh, Kosovo, which, you know, mm-hmm. just most people can't find on a map anyway, but <laughs> kind of smacked in between Serbia and Macedonia next to Albania and, wow. you know, bordering even Montenegro, but I, it was such a cool place, you know, and it's always going to have this etched out, uh, part of my heart. Um, so I, you know, that would be always a place that I could go back and, and be, you know, and yeah. I'd be just fine. Um, I spent a ton of time in Istanbul and mm. that is if like, if you've got bucket list, Mike, like, and you haven't been that place yeah. has to be on it. And it's gotta be towards the top. Mm. I mean, Americans, especially like, Oh yeah, Paris, London, those are great cities. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not, I frequent London as often as I can. Istanbul though, I can't even describe like what an incredible city that is. There's mm. not another one like it on the planet. And, uh, and it, you know, I've spent so much time there that I often feel like it's, you know, that it could be home and it, it, it has been in a lot of ways for me. It's always been kind of HQ when the basketball embassy and it's roving band of staff is running around all over the world. Istanbul is a hub. You know, you're the only city on the planet on two different continents, Asia yeah. and Europe, but it's yeah. up in the same place and we can get, we can get wherever we want, you know? So yeah. I've got such good friends and, you know, people that I would consider family there. So, yeah, that would have to be up there as well. But yeah, this is, this is great, great places, man. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, as a world geography teacher, I understand what you're talking about. You know, kind of the uniqueness of its positioning and its geographical setting, sure. if you will. Like, it's just yeah, that's cool. I didn't think about it like that, but when you said it like that, I was like, yeah, you're right. It's kind of like living close to a, a, a good freeway, where it's like I can hop on here, I can hop on there. <laughs> get to where I need to get yeah absolutely yeah a freeway with some character you know that place (laughs) is just uh cultured you've got it's a cross crossroads man I mean you get all this and you got you know you could be walking over a 3,000 year old bridge to to get to the base of a skyscraper that was built you know two years ago and rivals those in Tokyo or you know New York I mean it's just it's a crazy awesome place yeah that's awesome yeah that sounds great now coach i, w- I would ask you to to kind of give us a run i i brought up the basketball embassy uh because it's it's kind of your 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 i don't want to say your baby but it is yeah. your your program and i kind of just want you to talk to us about it because we have so many coaches listening mainly college coaches from high school as well but talk to us about what the basketball emb- uh, embassy assembly is all about yeah, so the the assembly is is kind of like the the feature uh, event in the states. You know, every year it's it's us. It's literally us assembling uh, as many different cultures and communities across the pond yeah. as we can with our very own. You know, and so in San Antonio is again just bragging on our city, Mike. It's yeah. just 
it's hard it's hard to beat when it comes to a lot of different things, but especially in terms of an international basketball culture, we we have the uh, fortunate ability to just lean on the Spurs and everything that they've done, and and uh, it's you know so bringing people here, it, we're bringing them to one of the most recognizable NBA cities to an international you know. Uh, in the world because people people follow the Spurs you know yeah. over here it's all Lakers and Knicks jerseys and Celtics and you know across the pond you, you see a lot of Spurs followers because they yeah. appreciate pop and they appreciate the culture and they appreciate all the different internationals that rolled it through so yeah we bring them in we throw them in a basketball camp but we man we slap these kids together in dorm rooms and we try to show them the city a bit and there's you know cultural aspects and elements and we'll we usually have a theme um, you know we, unfortunately 2020 didn't see assembly this year but yeah. 2019 we did empowering young women through sport so you know we had you know youth Muslim conservative Muslim girls that have to play in full garb you know and dress and we had orthodox Christians and we had seculars and we had everything in between and and that's the beauty of basketball. It's, it's just yeah. such a unification of people. So we, you know, we just, we, we play that down a little bit on purpose because we, we want them to focus on the game itself. And, uh, but, but what it really is, is just being able to break barriers down, put coaches together, put kids together, um, managers, like anybody around the game and, and bring them to our city, you know? And so yeah. in the organization the basketball embassy as a whole, that's what it's trying to do, you know, yeah. worldwide is just essentially use that as a tool, uh, you know, to develop, grow, build community, build the game, grow the game, do it the right way, um, intertwine intangibles like integrity and discipline and hard work and dedication and, you know, those different things. And, and then just be a great partner to humanity, you know, yeah. any other organization that's doing great things, we like, the basketball industry is built to be all inclusive. We're not trying to, we don't want to be anybody else. We just want to help everybody in whatever way that we can. And it's allowed us, you know, to really exist on a ton of different platforms, you know, from local things here where we're working with homeless youth all the way to at risk youth programs for after school to, you know, building youth national teams for federations across the pond. I mean, we have to, you know, we got to shift our hat, but it's the same hat, you know, kind of yeah. wear it everywhere we go. Yeah, no, I'm glad you kind of brought up about uh, the work, the work that you all do, uh, the charitable work, if you will. Uh, I do, a, I do a lot of, well, prior to the, to COVID, we were every, you know, every month yeah. we were headed to Haven for Hope to feed, uh, you know, the homeless. And I know you do work out right. there. The Haven for yeah. Hope and for the Sam Ministries. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and how you go in there and, and, and serve and, and help? For sure. And Mike, you're 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 inadvertently signing yourself up for yeah. a couple of crises, Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I, you sign me I up got, all day. I got to get you out. Yeah. Well, I got to get you out there. It's a shame on me for that not having happened already because you would be you'd be so good for these kids to meet and, and develop a relationship with, but yeah, no, for sure. And as sincere as I can be, I mean, and yeah, it's, I mean, we're not, 
you know, we're, we're not reinventing the wheel. It's just, uh, they've got, they, these places have, you know, they've got a little outdoor court, you know, and there's yeah. nothing special, but, uh, they got kids. Most of the kids have, have never played before. You know, mm-hmm. they, 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 they smack the ball to the ground with two hands. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're talking about five year olds to 18 year olds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, yeah, COVID threw a wrench. We had to move a lot of things to more of a virtual platform, which had a ton of, uh, you know, hurdles built in, you know, to that. Um, But but we actually just recently got back, um, actually on campus at Haven, but not yet at at Sam. Uh, But in person, of course, with all the social distancing guidelines, kids are wearing a mask, everybody gets their own bar. I mean, it's a whole procedure. You know, we've got to... Wipe everything down before. Wipe everything down during. Wipe everything down after. They can't, you know, they, we're not playing basketball in terms of like, there's no one-on-one. You don't touch anybody. You don't touch yeah, anything. Yeah. But we're out there in a the space and we're working on our game. Uh, but we're using the game to platform, you know, some of those life skills that are important. You know, the kid, mm-hmm. a lot of these kids, obviously they don't have a place to call home, you know, so that's a yeah. big factor. And for me and for you and for guys and gals like us, basketball kind of was home. You know, I yeah. found refuge in the game. I was always fortunate enough to have a roof over my head. I never missed a meal. Um, you know, I was, I was lucky, but, but I found a lot of refuge in this game. And I think, uh, some of the kids that we've worked with and we're starting to establish, you know, a basic alumni network, uh, from these kids that are dealing with, you know, incredibly unfortunate circumstances. And if, you know, if we can get them to fall in love with this game that we're already in love with, you know, we, we're giving them a chance to pull all of those great lessons. Yeah, yeah. You know, lessons that are, that supersede, here again, the game, uh, that supersede their current situation. Because their current situation is such that there's no other way to go but up. They may not know right. that. They may think it could get worse, which in some cases it could. Right. However, it could. Yeah. However, it's kind of like somebody cares other than my family, other than the people that are supposed to. Uh, people right. care, and that that in itself is empowering, right. and and it definitely it's huge. Yeah. I mean. It's you. We need it. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. <laughs> Everybody needs that. It's, yeah. a, it's an element of humanity. Yeah. And Mike, you know what? I get, I get a lot of, you know, people always say, it's like, oh, Chris, this is great. What you're doing, this is great. But I'll be honest, man. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I'll tell you, like, it's, it's not altruistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I say that because we get an awful lot out of this as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, a, a, a ton, a ton. And, and, uh, when I bring, you know, our players from Olu out there or I've got coaches that visit from other countries, I mean, a lot of these guys, for example, you know, I bring a guy from youth uh, or technical director of the Romanian Basketball Federation comes in and he's talking about all the hardships at Romania. And they do. Like, I've been there and they do. But he gets here, man, and spends an hour with these kids and he's leaving. He's like, dude, that's tough, man. Yeah. Like, how does a little, you know, how does a little Kevin not have a home? I'm like, well, yeah. that's what it is. You know, we got to do what we can. It's just, it provides us with this incredible, like, perspective, yeah. you know, that we're able to actually use and, 
and maneuver through life with. And so when my players are griping, like, oh, coach, we got to run again. I'm like, you're lucky to run. You're lucky yeah. to be running. Yeah. Like, you're it's lucky to be running in a gym. You got <laughs> shoes on. Yeah. Like you, you should be, you should be, you should be applauding your opportunity right now. You know, yeah. you get them in front of those kids, and and we we found. I mean, I'd love to get some group, you know, a university group to come do, you know, observation, actually study, you know, and, and peer review this thing and publish because we we've seen a direct correlation uh, with. I should say a negative correlation between the amount of complaining that we have and the time spent at places like Haven and Sam mm. with our with our players. Wow. Because man, what are they gonna, what are you guys gonna complain about? Give yeah. me a break. Yeah, no, you, you know perspective. And like what am said. I gonna complain about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's awesome, man. It's it's a really cool and again, just going back to the the, the beauty and the value of this game. You yeah. Know? Yeah, no, it's a it's a beautiful game that can turn lives around and bring joy and even bring purpose. I mean, there's the game is Absolutely. so big. The game is so big now. There's room for everybody to be a part of it, right? To whatever degree they want to or can. However, do they have they seen the menu? Probably not. Most of us out here in the world don't even know what all that lies within the sports world and the jobs and the careers and the opportunities. We just, you know, those kids probably think, well, you're the professional or you're not. And right. a player. And so to open up their minds, show them a menu of, hey, yeah, you may never get really good at this game, but you can help coach it. You can help teach it. You can help do some of the operational Absolutely. stuff. Man, that that's life changing because they have something to aspire to. Well, it's crazy, Mike. When you when you come out and watch a practice, man, I'm gonna introduce you to this kid. I'm not gonna embarrass him in case he ever catches wind of this deal. But I, I recruited as heavily as I've recruited any former All American or anything. I mean, we've had a we've had the true rebuilding, you know, kind of experience so far <laughs> at Alusa. We're entering our third season, right yeah. now, trying to actually, you know, provide, provide some uh, validation that we all know what the heck we're doing. But <laughs> I recruited a manager this year, man, as hard as I've ever recruited a player. Wow. And I'm telling you, just to speak to speak to your point, man, I, I went, you know, we're in gyms, we're in high school gyms. I'm, I'm a frequent in yours because you, you've always got, you know, uh, tons of talent and it's just nice to be around good people. But yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, I was watching, uh, watching this kid practice and after practice, I was like, uh, coach, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's good. He's nice. Uh, can I meet that manager? Coach is like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'd really like to meet your manager. I was like, what grade you in? Oh, he's a senior. Oh yeah. I definitely need to meet him. I need to meet your manager. I'm watching this kid, Mike, just no one, no one's owning his space like this kid, man. He's so organized. He's got the coaches in line. He's got the practice plan. He's got his cart out there with cones and ropes and water. And he's got a little, a team of managers that he's directing and they're, they're the man, they're running smooth. If our government ran like that, we'd be, you know, we'd be <laughs> absolute number one forever, you know? Yeah. So it's to your point though, man. It's, I mean, this kid's not a player. He's a, you know, he's a buck 25 soaking wet. Um, He's got some skill, actually, and some talent, but he, you know, that wasn't his place, you know. Yeah, but he yeah. found he found what initiative was and was able to put it on display through basketball, and uh, and it caught my eye, you know. And now he's getting his education, and I'm gonna trust me. I'm gonna. There will never be a nicer 
recommendation letter written. I will never expose my network more intentionally, wow. you know, than I will for for this kid. Man, he's just he's a freshman. You know, he's wow. just an incredible guy. So you'll have to meet him. But yeah, it's to your sure. point. You know, basically what you're saying. I may yeah. have to. I may have to. You know, kind of get his system down. Like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> because I ain't heard, I ain't heard plays you. like this in a while. That's awesome, man. No, Mike, listen, my my staff, they, they'd be rolling their eyes if I would have said this a month ago, but now they'd be, they're just nodding their heads. Like, if they hear this, they'll be like, because I was telling my staff, I was like, guys, I don't think you understand, like, I'm learning from this kid. Like, I'm learning. Yeah. Right, right now, I'm learning. I'm learning how to maximize space yeah. with what storage we have. I'm learning yeah. how to be, you know, how to inventory equipment more efficiently. Like, I'm learning. Like, and my staff now, they get it. They're like, dude, yeah. this kid this is so awesome so yeah i mean it's just the game can provide so many opportunities but it also you know it also nurtures those those characteristics that make us successful yeah it can it can showcase characteristics uh personalities that otherwise would never be seen and and i think at the end of the day a young man like that you have to thank his parents because that's that's where oh, no that's where it came from. I've heard I've heard stories of really no good question. managers, and I'm I'm telling coaches thank their parents, please, because that's their parents no did that. And so that, that's that's fantastic. I'm taking these people out to eat, man. I'm taking them out to eat. We're gonna they're getting a Christmas card for sure. <laughs> so, so that's that that's the me, that's the measure right there. If you get the Christmas card, you know that's it. Get the Christmas Your card, Christmas man. Dial's you know, Dial ain't sending yeah. Christmas cards. If Dial sent you a Christmas card, you did something. You did something good, man. Yeah, there for you sure. go. Man. I, I need to get. I'm gonna give you my address just in case, man. Do you want to send one? Heck yeah, man. I got family right now. It's like, what? He never sent me a Christmas card. No. I'm telling you, man, this kid's parents are good one for sure. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Now, your support <laughs> system, man, because we all need it as coaches, as, as a CEO of our programs, all that. How important is your support system, coach? It's huge. And, and uh, you know, just to, you know, not to, to uh, you know, inadvertently not do justice to, to certain pieces of it, but I think I would imagine, like, if you're asking other coaches, a lot of times the first thing is going to be, you know, wife, parents, you know, and 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 those are those should be right. Those are the first things, and, and you know, behind every successful coach, there's going to be those integral, immediate inner circle, you know, people that are gonna they're gonna lift you up. You know what I mean? And that's I, I've. So I have that, you know, I cannot, you know, I would never and, and couldn't deny that I've had that support, you know, from those folks in my life, my inner circle. But, but I think what gets lost sometimes, well, I shouldn't say lost, but I think part of our, our, our support is the people that we most immediately surround ourselves with that we didn't have to be around <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. Wh- wives and parents a lot of times you know i mean why you know you can make the argument with the wife you that was your choice you know you, you went and found each other and <laughs> you, you did that but at some point man anyone that yeah, anyone that's been married for a while they say well it may not be a choice anymore man we're stuck <laughs> and we're here and uh you you know you figure it out so you know i'm fortunate because those people in my life are they get it, you know, and they've all, they've all done nothing as I've, you know, traipsed across the planet, done nothing but, but been there for me. But I, man, I've got an incredible staff, you know, at Our Lady of the Lake. I have, I have an incredible staff 
at the basketball embassy. I have an incredible network of, of friends and, and colleagues that coach and that administer and that manage and that plan and prep and market. And, you know, I, I just, that, that network, and it, I think it's a weird term because a lot of times it, it's, it becomes commercial and it almost becomes like you're, you know, ne- you think about networks like, oh yeah, I got to go to the final four and I got to mm-hmm. hand out a bunch it's of business cards and I got to put on my fake smile and I got to, yeah, yeah. It's, that's not the network I'm talking about. It's the people that speak the same way about you when you're present and when you're not present, you know, oh, yeah. it's the people that, that you can count on to give you an honest critique, you know, yeah. you, that you yeah. can, that that might call you out if you're not doing things as well as you should, you know, and that that, that you value a compliment. Yeah, yeah truth tellers, you know, just people in your life that are. And I'm so fortunate, man, because I got I just have a really good network, and I have an incredible staff, both with the university and with the nonprofit, and then this network across the pond, man, of people. You know, we kind of referenced it earlier, but these these guys and gals that I would consider family, you know, wow. that 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 kind of help you, you know, and they push you. And so what, what, you know, what I find Mike is like, Oh, I'm doing all this stuff. COVID slaps us all in the face. We're trying to figure out. And then it's like, man, do we even, what do we do? You know, do we, are we going to try to do this again? Can I get overseas? So we do camp. And then you get a call, you know, you get a call from some Bulgarian U16 female coach. And she's like, coach, we, we need, you know, we need to do the camps and clinics. We need, mm. You know, we need that. Without that, our program is stagnated. We're, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you're just, you're uplifted. Like, sales are full of wind. You're ready to go. I'm jumping jacks and push-ups the rest of the day. I'm like, all right, I fell off my horse a little bit. I'm back Mm -hmm. on. I'm going... And that I think when you talk to when you when you mention support, that's just kind of what I thought about because sometimes it comes in those you know odd ways. It's like you see value in what you do because of the relationships that you have. Yeah. You know? So so I think the message in that as well is for all of us coaches out there to be ready to be needed. Like that's the whole problem. Absolutely. That's a, you know, at the end of the day, that's a job in a nutshell. You have to solve problems for somebody. That's a job. Like yep. you say, well, I want a job. Okay. Yep. Well, somebody's got a problem. You better have a solution. Cause you have to be the answer to that problem. That's your job. <laughs> so yeah, I hear or, you. Or exhaust yourself until you find it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of yeah. times I've, you know, I've been in situations where maybe I didn't find, you know, the answer that everybody was looking for, but if I didn't just exhaust every resource I had in the <laughs> process, yeah. I failed. You know what I mean? I really failed at my responsibility. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that gets, that gets lost a lot too. You know, yeah. the best coaches I think that I've ever met are the ones that were willing to go the furthest for their team, yeah. you know, for their players, for their staff, um, you know, and whatever that means, you know, yeah. in terms of inconvenience, in terms of, you know, altering your life, your day, your perspective, you know, whatever it is, not compromising non-negotiables, wow. but making sure that you've put the people that are important to you in a position to succeed yeah. and you put yourself behind that, you know? Yeah. I read this quote the other day and, and it was so important to me because it really helped me to grasp like what you're talking about. The idea was support system, a real support system filled with truth tellers, not yes, men or women, people that are there to, I guess, they want to see you succeed just as much as you want to see yourself succeed. And and it went like this. It said, we need people in our life that in relationship, once we build a relationship, yeah. 
they expose where we have sharp edges. And I think that is so key because a lot of times we look to avoid people like that because we've gone to a certain place in life where we're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear, I don't want anybody to expose anything about me. I'm good. I've got to this point on my own or I've got to this point without confrontation. Uh, I can live the rest of my next 20 years of whatever I'm doing without it. Yeah. That's not the case, man. If you want to be good, that ain't the case. No, it's not. And it's, you know, it ties into all the things you hear from the great ones that say, you know, you stop, you stop learning when you're dead, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And so if you, you know, if you, and it's hard, man, it's hard. People, man, we're, we have egos. Like that's a thing. You know, we don't, we don't want to hear, we don't want to hear people tell us that we could have done it better. They could have done it better. Somebody could have done it better. We, man, no, no, I'm sorry. I can't hear you through my ego right now. I'm trying to, (laughs) you know, and I think, you know, we've got to be, you've got to work with humility, man. I mean, you have to, you've got to have a sense of humor and you've got to be willing to course correct. And if you're willing to do that, I think, I think you got a chance of being successful in whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, but man, you said it, if you, if you surround yourself with people that are just going to tell you how awesome you are, <laughs> uh, at some point you're not going to be that awesome <laughs> no. anymore, you know? So That'll wear out real quick. Uh, I agree, man. Yeah, no, appreciate you saying all that because I think a lot of coaches, uh, they know this and especially head coaches uh, because we, as head coaches, you always want to, here again, being the CEO. I I like that term, being the CEO of your program. Yeah. You always want to make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people because their their success is your success and sometimes their failures are your failures and vice versa right. because when the job is the job is out of reach or, and now all of a sudden you have to move on so do they that's the tough part and so yeah that's right. really important now I want to ask you about yourself coach and that what have you learned about yourself throughout your career man um, I'm flawed mm-hmm. you know wow um I'm, I'm flawed. You know, it's, uh, we spend our, we spend our careers, uh, critiquing, assessing, you know, delivering feedback. You know, that's what coaches do. You, 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 you look at a jump shot and then you tell this kid who loves shooting the ball, why he's not doing it right. You know? And, and then, and then you spend the backside of that telling the kid why he's a, you know, he's a butthead brother and he could be a better kid, a son. And, you know, he's not a good boyfriend. You know, you get into all that stuff <laughs> and it's yeah, tough, man. Yeah, Cause you, yeah. then you got to, <laughs> you know, I always told, uh, I've, I've said this at a few clinics, like I've, the four or five most sober and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not referencing literal sobriety. I'm just sober minded, you know, sober soul, like the four or five most sober months of my life are always when I'm in season because I'm spending more time with these young men than I am with anybody else. And most of the time I'm sitting there telling them what they're doing wrong or what they're doing right. You know? And so you become this kind of judge, jury, executioner. Well, man, I I mean, what that's done is it's, you know, it probably didn't reveal, but it's, it's definitely reinforced that I'm a flawed human being, you know, and that, when I approach these guys, it's got to be from a place that, you know, I get it. You know what I mean? This doesn't make you good or bad. It just makes you what you are. And if you want to be the best version of you, you know, here's, here's some things that we can do, you know, to get you there. And so I think that's probably the thing that I've enjoyed 
you know, other than just the sheer relationships, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've determined that whether you're introvert, extrovert, whether you like quiet time or not, you, you want to be on the stage or behind it. Uh, we, I just don't think we were put together to, to walk this life alone, you know, and I think basketball is a great, it's a great platform, you know, to, to, to have a circle that matters to you, you know, to, to, it's a great team game, you know, kind of shows you what, you know, putting the, putting the big before the little, you know, means. And then it, it, you know, and it, you know, those lessons are reoccurring and they never stop, you know? And so those are the things that I've, you know, and recently, especially with this COVID break, I saw a ton of uh, great coaches emerge because we were all glued to (laughs) zoom laptops and cell phones, man. I mean, there was nothing going on. So you're like, who is this guy spitting this crazy knowledge over, you know? And then you're like, man. And I think, I honestly think, man, in retrospect, COVID will be, this break will be looked at as a time when the playing field was leveled a little bit, you know, with who we've deemed as royalty in the, in, 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 in the sport and how many, incredible students of this game there are that, that have an incredible perspective about it, you know, and have an incredible knowledge. And, and so, you know, I would tell any coach right now, if you have the opportunity to have a conversation with a coach at any level, at any level, if they're a middle school coach, there's a good chance that there's something they can provide you that will help you be better than you are. If yeah. you're willing yeah. to have that conversation and listen, you yeah. know, yeah. So I think, it, I think there's an upward projection of, it's like, Oh yeah, he's a college, he's a college coach or he's a head coach or he's a, you know, I got to get in and that's, that's not wrong. Right. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, man, it, 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 I mentioned the manager earlier, you can spend five minutes with my manager and five minutes with me. And there's a good chance you're going to leave with more from him than you would with me. I mean, that's just the way it is. So, you know, be open, you know, meet people, take it in, man. And, and, and uh, understand that no one's coming at this from a place of perfection. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I like what you're saying, coach, because it's true. This whole, basically a timeout uh, of what we're used to yeah uh you know that that's you know that's the adversity for us the adversity you know which we'll take that adversity all day based on some other adversities we could actually face but that adversity spawned a lot of innovation and i think that's the that's the beauty of that horrible kind of situation that the beauty a beautiful struggle right. if you will in that uh For sure. yeah a lot of people have come out of not not out of the woodwork because you would say wow that's an like overnight success that took 17 years you know uh right. guys who have acquired so much knowledge and wisdom and uh, so yeah there's a lot of people right now that are really looking at themselves like i didn't know i had that in me wow i just i just i just, I just operated in it I, I didn't know I really right. had that in me. So that's it's been really good. I think a lot of people, a lot, a lot of self awareness is taking place. So that's great for sure. There's yeah. gonna there'll, there'll be a lot of silver linings, you know, out of this if we allow yeah. it. You know, if we find them, if we look for them. Yeah. So I agree. Sure. I agree. So, Coach, my last question is always based on legacy, and I know you still got a long ways to go. You're not. You're, you're a young gun <laughs> like me, man. We still got a long. I mean, I'll be coaching till I'm 80, man. I'll be like Coach P, walking up and down the sidelines, there you go. woofing and hollering. And I love that. it, man. Yeah. I'll be. I'll be hogging down a hot dog behind you, telling you why you should have ran a different play, man. I'll be like, uh, yeah, you know. yeah. I'll have, I have, I have four or five assistant coaches, and all of them will be like head coaches, and I'll just stand there and walk around. 
and just to get my steps in for the day and exercise. Be good at it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'll be the best walker you've ever seen. Maybe with the walker. There but, you go, man. But my, my last hey. question is always about legacy. And, and I know, here again, you've got a ways to go. So by no means is this like, well, you know, your swan song kind of uh, script. But right, uh, right. what would you want to be said of you, Coach, when your career is all said and done? I, man, I think right now, maybe more importantly than ever uh, in, in our modern lives, I, I think people in general, you know, coaches, uh, but people in general, man, you know what I'll take? I, I will I will absolutely take any sentiment that, that alludes to, you know, hey, Chris, Chris did right by people. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he did right by people. You know, he whatever you know you can get into the win and loss category and you can get into uh footprints in terms of you know program uh changes and reinventions and you know players you know a lot of times become our legacy i think a lot of coaches live on the players that they and the players are are our resume don't get me wrong but i think a lot of the coaches are like i coached so-and-so he went to the league i coached so-and-so he went d1 he went this for me, man, I think at the end of the day, especially, like I said, in today's climate, you know, um, I just love people to be like, you know what, man, this, that, whatever about Dial, but you know what? He did right by people. You know, he, he was always trying to do right by people, his players, his administration, his, you know, the fans that came into the gym, his critics, uh, his family, his friends, you know, everybody in between. And, because um, right now, Mike, I, you know, with as crazy as the world is in general, I, you know, the value of of the guy that would stop and help you change his tire, you know, like that, that guy to me right now is more important than maybe he's ever been, you know. And so just the willingness to try to do right by people right now, uh, I hope that, you know, at the, at the very least that that's, <laughs> that's a part of it. Yeah. You know. Coach, I thank you for your time. I really do. I appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got to get this done. Uh, this was months too, in the man. making. And uh, <laughs> just so excited, man, that, that we it was great. And so here again, man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, Mike. Uh, I've always, you know, like I said, we go way back in a lot of different ways, but I've always uh, appreciated you and respected you and especially uh, getting to talk to your players over the years. It's it's refreshing, you know, because you, you. you, you do such a great job, you know, building relationships with those guys. And again, you, you know, to, to the point that you, you do right by people. And I, if I ever met anybody, I said, yeah, Mike Lopez, not a good dude. I'd, I'd have to look at him like that two heads. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but anyway, that. man, I appreciate it. And yeah, if anything I can ever do for you, man, let me know. Likewise, coach. Thank you so much. Thank you all so very much for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. I love what I'm doing and I love the fact that you're listening. So you follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Leave feedback via uh, iTunes and then rated and all that good stuff so we can look nice and pretty on there. And, uh, you know, just leave feedback. I want to hear from you all because I appreciate you taking the time and making the time to, to listen in. So here again, thank you so very much. 